what's not transformed is transferred. So if you don't actually deal with what you're going through and what you're trying to like press down and you're acting like it doesn't bother you, it will transfer to the people you love the most. It's about time because we're going there. Today, I'm so excited because on the show, fresh and ready to go back from sabbatical, looking high and tight, fade is done, lineup <laughs> looks good. Before I even give the introduction, I know that my brother is going to go there. And on the show, we're going there. There is no other guest that we have ever had that has gone there like the guest that we have today. In fact, not only has this guest podcast been the top podcast in our entire history, he's actually tied with the most recurring guest alongside of none other than my twin sister, Jasmine Starr. Pastor Michael Todd, welcome to We're Going There for the fourth time on the show. What? I didn't yeah. even know that, B. Like, I thought I was just, you know what I'm saying? The, no, you're like my face. black guy you bring on every once listen, in a while. But listen, you I like a know chocolate token, so you. we're fine. Okay, hey, we're fine. Listen, you are my sister. I love you so much. You are literally the first podcast I'm doing on this whole Damage But Not Stop Destroyed. It. Stop oh, it yeah, right you're now. the one. You're the oh. one. I've only done a magazine interview. You are the one. I said, if I'm going to, I feel like this is the season where we're about to go into a whole nother thing. And I said, I got to start it off with, with somebody who's going to give us the right vibe, the right interview, and, and it's going to be impactful for the people. And so there's none other than my sister, Bianca. I love you so much. And we're about to go there. We, we going are. There. We are. We are. I feel so humbled. I feel so privileged. I will move heaven and hell to make sure that the message that is in your heart, oh, not just you. in books, not just in podcasts, but the message that is in your heart and the message that you live out gets far and wide in any way that I get to help share that and stoke Thank the flame you, of that it's within. It makes me excited. So listen. Okay, so you've been, Let's this go. is your third time on the show, but it's your fourth episode because we've done, we've done like some samples in the past, boop, boop, boop. But I feel like we really, before we even go there with you, I feel like we need to give some honor where honor is due and we got to talk about Mama Brenda Todd. Okay. Can we please, can we please, first of all, <laughs> everyone at church, everyone at the father's house knows that I've, I've said, I say, I just want to let you guys know my goal is not to be a pastor. My goal is to lead the prayer team where beautiful, <laughs> fancy dresses sit in the front row, like Pastor Mike's mother. Okay? If you don't know who she's talking about, she's talking about my unbelievable mom and everybody affectionately calls her Mama B. And she literally is my biggest cheerleader. She, if nobody else is into my sermon, my mama is standing up praying for me. <laughs> and um, it's just beautiful, honestly, to have people around you who believe in your vision. And yeah. sometimes people even who know you, my mama knows me. She know my trash, my jacked up parts, and she still supports me. And uh, yeah, I love that about you. You were at our church just recently and you preached the house down and my mama loves you. And so, oh, yeah, the that's the mutual. goal. You're going to be Mama B one day. Literally, uh, your yes. name is Bianca. I, You're going to be saying. Mama B one day. That's what I'm saying. She is a pastor. <laughs> she is a prayer warrior. She is a prophetess. I am like here for all that. The, the reason Hispanic why I bring her Mama up, B, I love that. That's what that. I'm talking about. That is what I'm talking about. <laughs> the reason why I bring her up is I feel like um, so much of who you are is influenced. So much of who we are is influenced by our parents. Definitely. There, you live out so much of the message of damage but not destroyed. Yeah. And one of the things that I just absolutely love is a story that you told about your mom getting dented 
canned goods from yeah. the market. Yeah. And I, as somebody who cooks, as somebody who, and every family needs a parent that can make a dollar out of 15 cents. Tupac yeah, 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 did not yeah. coin that lyric. It's every struggling financially, you know, struggle bus parent that's out there trying to make a meal. But talk to me about your mom and the miracles that she would make whipping up some some food with some damaged cans. So one of the things that a lot of people this day and age don't know, we didn't have Uber Eats when I was a child. Ah. We did not have Grubhub. <laughs> we did not have that. So dinner was what was made at home. And I'm one of five boys. So mm -hmm. the Todd household had five boys in it. And my parents were in full-time ministry since I was five years old. So that meant that every thing that they got came in if they were going out to minister and somebody decided to give them um, an honorarium or give them some food or give them some groceries. So there were times in our household where there wasn't an abundance and we lived by faith. And um, I remember my mom going to Warehouse Market was the name of the grocery <laughs> store. And uh, we would be in there and she would go to the back of the store and they called it the dented and damaged aisle. Yep. And basically there were canned goods and boxes that had rips on them and different things that had tears on them and things that looked bruised. And my mom could go Go to that area and pick up things that other people would have disregarded. Yeah. And she saw the value still in what was on the inside. It didn't matter that the can was bruised. It didn't matter that it had a mark or a scratch or it had been dropped. All it mattered is that the content on the inside was still good, still valuable, still usable. And she would get that that can good or whatever it was at a discounted rate, bring it back to the home, take it out and mix it with the right seasonings. Mm. And it would be some of the most delicious meals that we would ever have. I think that's a beautiful picture of what I think that this book that God has given me is trying to encourage people that no mm. matter if your wrapping has been ripped or your container has been damaged, the content on the inside of you, who you really are, the value that God put there is still good. And if you allow that to come out and you deal with being damaged, the value is still in you. And mm. so many people right now, they, they're wanting to be thrown out because they've had damage or other people want to throw them out because they've had a hard season. But I'm here to tell people that if God has not thrown you out, there is still value in here. Maybe you just need a master chef to put his hands on you. Maybe you need somebody with the skill set to be able to help bring the flavor out of your life. And so that was what Mama B did all the time. And, you know, so much of this has been instilled in your life. And when you stand on platforms, when you stand behind podcast mics, when you preach the word of God, what you're doing is you're taking, yes, of course, we're referring to God as the master chef, but what you do is you serve up the word of God in a way that though we might feel damaged, though we might feel a little dented or discarded, that we are damaged, but we are not destroyed. Yeah, talk to on. me about, talk to me about so much of your life, I think. So for anyone that doesn't know or has been under a rock, I feel like... Sometimes you are harshly criticized for your modality and methodology in communicating the message of Jesus. Yeah. There was a time a couple years ago where you got a lot of heat. In fact, you 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 are under a microscope. I mean, I'm sometimes on that's YouTube. That's where and I live I, now, Bianca. Gee, that's that's where we live now. Good grief. <laughs> As some people. But but I I look at you sometimes and I I pray for you from a distance. Thank you. Because how you are being 
how you're being characterized and how you're being dented through people's assessments or misunderstandings is frustrating. But there was a, a time where you preached a message on um, a blind man in the Bible. And yeah. one of the examples and illustrations you gave, which by the way, I watched that message the very next day. And as somebody in youth ministry, I was like, that was so good. That was so good. Oh my gosh. Wow. And it was with a family member, but there was an example that some people felt like you took a little bit too far and you revisited that exact situation a year later with a different perspective. So as somebody who is in public eye, someone who is criticized, someone who's gone through a lot, what do you say to people, not necessarily in response to that, but somebody who takes a licking and keeps on ticking, because I feel like that is totally you. Talk to me about that process and how did you go from knowing, hey, I've taken some hits, I feel damaged, but I'm not destroyed. Well, one of the things that I'll let everybody understand is that when you are doing something for God and when you are all in, You're always going to have people that think that you're doing too much. Like always. Mm -hmm. I don't care what it is. I don't care what. When you go all in, there will be people that that offends. There will be people that say it doesn't take all of that. But the one thing that I've been my whole life is passionate. When I was sinning, I was passionate. When I was wilding out, I was passionate. So when I come to God... I'm going to always find the line. And 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 the truth of the matter is, and I talk about it in the book, number one, I'm going to use everything. Like my life, I surrendered to God and I said, God, if anything happens to me and you walk me through it and it can help somebody, I'm going to use it. And so people were shocked that I literally start first three chapters of the book. I'm talking about spit hits the fan. I'm talking about everything. Why? <laughs> because this is a part of my journey with Christ. This is a part of me falling and failing and faithing forward. And um, one of the things that, for me is I, I've always, number one, I never wanted to be a pastor. Like that was never even on the radar. I never thought that I would be in church. I thought I would write checks. I was producing for Beyonce and write checks and send them to the church, to my mom. I thought she was going to be the pastor. But when I started doing this, I just remember being in church and being so uninterested. I remember the stories being told in a way like they were old fables. And then I looked at what captured my attention outside of church were movies and 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 music videos and things that were vivid and scenes that they made look real. Like nobody's ever seen like space stuff, but we watch literally all of these Marvel movies and we think this stuff is real because <laughs> they make it feel so real. But when we come into church, we're just supposed to imagine everything. And um, for me, I'm always trying to reach that person that's on the fringe. And and so when we did the spit example or we did some of the other stuff that we've done, it's always with the intention and the heart posture and the motive to reach the person yeah. that that can't even get it with all of the words and the sophisticated speech. It's like, mm-hmm. this is what actually happened. And it is a direct example of what happened in the Bible. And I get it. It was disgusting. <laughs> like, it was nasty. That's like, the part I want to highlight to people. Like, this is what Jesus did. Pick it up with Jesus. definitely did it. And the whole point of it, I think the example just worked too good because the whole point of it was, what are you willing to go through mm. to get the healing that you need to get? What mm. if it's messy? Mm. What if it actually is disgusting and detestable to everybody else? For some people, it might not be spit, but it might be apologizing. 
Like you can't even think about apologizing to that person or asking for forgiveness. And what if the healing you need is on the other side of something messy that Jesus asks you to do? I don't mean to preach, but I feel this thing right now. Go for it. A lot Go of people it. will actually condemn the thing that you will actually bring you freedom. And so many times in our lives, we're worried about what other people think and we're worried about what other people will say. When yeah. if you actually allow Jesus to take you through the process that you're going through, you might have to downsize houses for a season and all your girlfriends and, and club buddies think that something's wrong with you. But what if it's messy, the process that God is taking you to, to actually bring you to healing? And that's what happened. This guy in the story was blind, but he wasn't deaf. He knew <laughs> that something nasty was happening, but he stayed there. He let Jesus take him through the process. And because he let Jesus take him through the process, he got his sight back. And that's all I was trying to show somebody. Was it disgusting? I watched it back. Yes, it was horrible. But that's the point. Some of the things I've had to do to get healing were horrible at the time. But when I look back at what I had to go through and what I got on the other side, it was all worth it. And so, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I just hope that for this next generation of ministers coming up, that they would take the risk on the word to be able to reach people who ain't checking for church, ain't checking yep. for God, ain't checking for Christianity, but actually want to know, is Jesus real? And uh, yeah, I've preached probably 3,000 other sermons that have no <laughs> example like that in them. So if you cancel me for one, wow. Exactly. So anyway. Okay. So let's talk about this in a pra very practical way. So yeah. you go through this situation, you feel like, I mean, you got harangued publicly and in social media. You talk about it in the book. Yeah. I love the title when the spit hits the fan. When the spit I, hits the fan. I yes, was like, he would say sir. that. He would say that. And I'm here for it. I'm here for all of it. Now, I want to talk about somebody who maybe in a different situ situation, a different scenario, maybe not like spit, but there is something that people have been judged for or embarrassed. Yeah. We don't have, as a culture, we're not really talking about the what to do when that happens. Yeah. And you clearly have found such healing out coming out of that. And also a lot of the other just assaults and attacks that you've received online. My question is, can you take me through like a couple ways of the how? Because someone listening to this, I, I don't want it just to be like, okay, well, yeah, it's because it's Pastor Mike Todd. It's because yeah, he's no. anointed. It's because no. he's special. You've really done a lot of work behind it. And I want to, yeah. I want to lift the veil a little bit. Like, yeah. What did you do and what can we do when we feel like you use the words falling or failing forward? Yeah. What, what did you do? One of the things that I want to do is I want to zoom out right now. Uh, the spit hit the fan is one of probably nine or 10 examples in this book mm. of where something in my life damaged me. Mm. And the first thing that we have to do is acknowledge that we're damaged. And I know it's like, that's not, that's not, that is not God. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We live in a fallen world. Yeah. We were born to broken families. We, we, we've made bad decisions, or at least I've made bad decisions before. I've had people that I've loved hurt me. Like there's so many different things. And you never go to the doctor for healing for something you won't admit that you're going through. Yep. And, and the truth of the matter is most people, specifically in church, will not admit I'm hurt in this area. This mm -hmm. has damaged me. This has messed me up. This has made me jaded. This has made me not trust men. Like, and they just keep, well, what's going on? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm good. And I'm like, God will never heal what you won't reveal. 
And, and, and so I think one of the first steps, B, that we can all take is evaluate our life and at least acknowledge I'm damaged. Mm. Like, yeah. yes, I've been able to make it through. Yes, I got money in the bank. Yes, people think I'm great on social media. I can dress right. I got my highlights right. I got my, my, my cup and my workout together. But hold on. Is any of that projection from an insecurity is any of the roots of that stuff something that really was a deep wound that I need to be able to work through and for me yeah. um when all of this stuff happened not just to spit hit the fan when I found out my son had autism when when mm -hmm. I was dealing with the trauma of success when, mm -hmm. like all of these different things warning signals start going off like what's going on why do I feel like this I should be happy right now what's going mm -hmm. on why did I just get angry and all it was doing was pointing me back to areas of trauma that I had when I was 12 mm -hmm. when I was five when I was 17 and and most times in the church we just say pray about it and I believe prayer is a catalyst to be able to then know what we need to do to start making steps. And then we pray all the way along. We, we pray without ceasing, but you can pray on your way to counseling and then pray <laughs> after counseling to be able to understand what God, Holy Spirit, show me the areas like. And I yeah. think the church has not done the best job of coupling some of the community aspects and the counseling mm. aspects and, and the things that we need to actually walk in healing. It mm -hmm. was a journey to get into the traumas we were in a lot of times. Sometimes yeah. it's a journey out of them. And so for me, I had to acknowledge, Mike, you're damaged. Mm -hmm. And then I had to bring it to community. Like I had to like talk to people. I had to talk to my wife and be like, babe, I think that something is off. Like why, why I feel like this and what's going on. And then I brought it to my core circle and we started walking through processes I went to my accountability. I went to Tim Ross and we had, I tell this whole story in there about like this realization I had at the Crackle Barrel outside of Oklahoma City. Like I am specific in this book. Like I want this book and these stories and this message to not be a far off. I want it to be real yeah. to people yeah. because I just haven't seen many people in my profession and my calling actually be honest about yeah. what it looks like to go from trauma to triumph. I'm standing here today healing and whole and excited and with joy, but it was a journey to that. And I just, I just believe that the more people that actually take that journey with Christ, it will, it would be a revolution of healing, vulnerability and transparency. And it's just, I'm passionate to share that because I believe that God can take all of our damage and he can turn it into destiny. Absolutely. So every season on the podcast, I always bring on a therapist. I know people sometimes feel a certain way about, especially <laughs> people within the church. I grew up like in a conservative church and also as a person of color, like therapy was reserved for a certain type of person. Yes. Um, and so the idea of therapy and theology coexisting felt very foreign. What I love is, and even the messages that you listened, that I listened to from you, you always talk about therapy and theology. Can you, for, for somebody out there that's a little bit skeptical, they're listening yeah. to you and they want the healing, but they're a little leery yeah. of like, well, it shouldn't, isn't God the healer? Ta he let's unpack this a little bit because yeah. I think that you're living this out so beautifully and I want people to grab handles on it too. So, so the, the truth of the matter is that you are a spirit that is housed in a body and you have a soul. So there's three parts of you and, and the real you is your spirit, but your spirit is housed in this body. 
And a part of this body has a mind, which Mm. is actually a muscle that God made to be able to fire certain ways when certain things happen. That's why when you get scared, certain thing happens in your brain and you're able to protect yourself or run away or do certain things. And so I believe that what God provides for us is a amazing opportunity to understand him even deeper Mm. as we allow him to do the spiritual work. And then we actually do the physical work of retraining our brain, dealing with certain pathways that may be blocked because we, I mean, there's literally, and I talk about this in the book, there was literally uh, something that happened to me that I literally forgot until I was 30. Like Mm. to protect myself, it like literally put up a wall that did not happen to me I don't remember in one day in prayer when I was asking people to to evaluate any area in your life, ask the Holy Spirit to bring up anything that you may have forgot. Like I'm in the sanctuary at my church on a Tuesday and it all rushes back to me. And I literally have to leave and go tell my wife like something happened to me and I need to tell you. And like that's because our brains And our bodies, stress and all this other stuff, it was made for us to be able to release it spiritually and then understand how to work ourselves back into a place of peace physically so that our mind, will, emotions, body, everything can be aligned. And so what I would say to anybody who's skeptical on therapy, I think that therapy is actually the second layer of trusting God after he does the work spiritually. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it is it is the next step by saying, you know what? I believe God's done something in me and I believe it so much that I'm going to make sure that I go and really process this stuff so that I don't actually have to live with it anymore. True freedom is actually found in the disciplines you do consistently. And um, I I don't care what nobody say. What has happened to me? has been a result of Jesus and therapy, both of those, and <laughs> Natalie Todd. Like, no, th- those three, the three band, the three banded cord is not easily broken. That's, I, that's I it love is. it. I love it. I love it. You know what? Something very similar to me happened where in, in psychology, it's, it's selective, selective memory repression, I think is the yeah. psychological term, but it, it, I didn't hit me until I was 37. So just a few years wow. ago, um, like the realization came and all the puzzle pieces starting to come together. And so much yep. of my life made sense. Why I responded the way that I did, why I reacted the way that I did, certain areas or people or things that I didn't want to be around. It's bananas. The mind is so powerful. And what I loved is that you've done such great heavy lifting theologically and then also like from a psychological standpoint as, as well on this. One of the things that I loved is this is I feel like this is your quinceanera, you know, like in Hispanic yeah. culture, <laughs> girls become age and they have a quinceanera. This is your, your quinceanera. Like you're literally telling on yourself with some of the most like hardest and hurtful situations of your life. So the question I want to ask, like, if you're very open when you preach and you, you share with us as we listen so much of the trauma that's happened, but this is almost kind of a very pull back the layers. This is all the hurt and damage that I faced. So I'm asking why this book now? Yeah. What do you what are you sensing in culture or that, that you feel like this is going to be a resource of people? So I'm going to give you two answers to this question. Number one, before anything ever happened publicly, before any spit hits the fan, before anything happened, I pray on sabbatical every year mm-hmm. and I ask the Holy Spirit what I'm supposed to be working on. And 
I think it was three years ago. I mean, Crazy Faith just came out. It's going crazy. Relationship goals went crazy. All this other stuff. And I'm looking um, to do another book. And I'm like, God, what, what should the next book be? And I'm thinking it's going to be Marked or Stride or Relationship Goals Part 2. Like, I got it written down on paper. And as I'm praying, the Holy Spirit said, your next book is damaged but not destroyed. Mm. And I'm like, what? is like damaged but not destroyed and this just shows the sovereignty of god nothing had happened i'm like all right i'll obey you i start working on the book start working on the book i finish the book the next month the spit hits the fan <gasps> this i can't make it up oh i, I didn't cannot know make it up we finish the book the spit hits the fan and god said i needed an example to show people how they publicly can walk through something, but you can actually use it, the pain, as your platform. Oof. And I was like, God, I wish you would send me a text message or an email <laughs> or something before this so I could have been prepared. But he said, I know that you'll tell the truth. And that's why people are like, did you plan this? Is this like a thing? No, 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 no. You can literally, I got all the receipts. We were done with this book before anything ever happened. And God said, now I'm going to use this moment to be able to get glory out of your life and I'm gonna reveal things to you. So we had to come back and add stuff to the book and re-edit and do different things Oof. because it was real time what God was doing in my life. And you know yeah. me, I don't preach nothing or share nothing that ain't real. Like Absolutely. I can't, like it's not even, I don't make books or, or any product for the sake of making a product. I want everything I do to actually be real and add value. And so I tell people all the time, Relationship Goals and Crazy Faith may be my most popular books. This is my most valuable book. Yeah. This book right here, um, whether it will be acknowledged while I'm alive or when I'm gone, this will add value to anybody's life who actually decides to take the journey. So um, the reason I did the book, the simple answer is because the Holy Spirit told me to. And then in culture, what I'm seeing is that most people are learning how to filter and layer and facade their life in a way where they cannot decipher what's real anymore. They mm -hmm. don't even know if they like certain stuff. Mm -hmm. They're covering up so much that they are not even aware, is this real or is it not? And I just believe God does not bless who you pretend to be. He blesses who you really are. We really are. Yes. And so for me, it's like, if this is where I'm at, God, bless me from here. If this is what I'm really going through, God, heal me from here. If this is this sucky situation is what I got to be in, Father, do a miracle right here. And... um. I just wanted to go first. It's hard to tell mm -hmm. somebody to do something that you won't do. Mm -hmm. And so for me, can't nobody say, well, I, this, you, you've never walked through hard things. But girl, boy, <laughs> you better stop tripping. I've walked through very hard things. But when you walk through it with the one who is the Prince of Peace, the outcome can be really, really good. And I'm just really grateful that God would choose me to be a vessel to carry this message um, that you can be damaged, but you're not destroyed. I think this book is so needed in this moment. I'm not going to speak for society at large, but I will speak for myself. I really feel like these reminders for those that are following Jesus and choosing to follow Jesus, that we will fail, falter, and fall down. But this is really you just breathing life into people's sails and reminding us that we can get back up. So I have to ask, I have to ask as we Come on, ask. wrap this up. Okay. So as a writer, sometimes I think when the book comes out, I think about things that I wish I would have put in there or <laughs> that I would have added. So in hindsight, in hindsight, yeah. this is like the cutting room floor. Was okay. there something, a story, a sentence, a thought that you that you said like, dang, I wish that would have made it in the book? 
Bianca, my life is a everyday movie, so I can think of like 15 things since last week that I could have added to the book. But for me, my creative edge never wants to be done. I want to keep going. Yeah. And so this is what yeah. I do. Like I put a cutoff and then I start making stuff for the next thing. So I'm about to okay. actually be preaching a series for nine or 10 weeks called Damage But Not Destroyed. And one of the things I'm going to do is I'm not going to preach anything from the book. Like yeah. all the new content, all the new stories, all the new stuff, that's what I'm going to preach. I love and, that. And, and so um, there's going to be a lot of things that have happened to me and for me and through me since a year ago when I yeah. finished the book. And so I am excited about sharing some things. I'll tell you one of them. But okay. um, we've been in a season of, we we just got a new home and, and um, we've been in, under a, in a season of construction here at our house. And the backyard has been jacked up for like months. Like it's been jacked up for months and months. Dirt everywhere, dust everywhere. Kids can't go out and play and all this other stuff. And literally six months of trash Within six days, it's turned into the most beautiful oasis I've ever oh. seen in my life. Six months of work, six months of digging under, six months of having to break up stuff, six months of having to remind myself by looking on my phone, like, this is what it's going to look like at the end. That This <laughs> is not what it looks like. And in six days, it turned into what I was shown at the beginning. It reminded me that sometimes it takes a season of looking like everything is damaged for the season to change suddenly. And I just feel this for somebody who's watching or hearing. It's felt like a long season of stuff being dug up and not in on time. And this doesn't look like it's measured right and not leveled. And where is the thing going to go? And God's saying, but in a short amount of time. It's going to change seasons. You're not even going to remember. I feel this thing. You're not even going to remember what that last season felt like. You're not even going to remember what it looked like because it's going to change so quickly. And for me, that's what's happened. Um, like we were in a season where it felt like everything was God was just digging up everything and doing all of that stuff. And then literally I went on sabbatical and I've come off a of sabbatical and it just seemed like God said, season change. Like mm. it's over. Like. I'm not, you now can bear fruit in this season. And many times God prunes you, cuts you back, takes things away so that you can produce more fruit. And so that's one of those things that, you know, they don't sound sexy on the front end, but when you see God do it, it's like, all right, I'll go through the process so I can see what's on the other side of it. Brother, I am so, I'm astounded by you. I feel like all of your books have like a, a breath to them. And this is the most evangelical book. I don't think that that was the, even the intent, but for those that feel like there's somebody that they love that feels like they're too far gone from God, too far gone from destiny or purpose. This is the book for them. I know it's wrecking me. Um, I need this book in this season and like, you wouldn't believe it. And I'm just so proud of you. I'm so excited. Thank you, Thank you for saying yes to being on the podcast. Girl, you already know I'm going to be on this podcast until if only two people listen, it's going to be me and you Come on this on. podcast. Yes. You hear me? Yes. Yes. <laughs> For people that want more information on Pastor Mike, on what he's doing, you can follow him on social media as well as IamMikeTodd.com. You can get the book at Barnes & Noble, pre-order on Amazon, Target, or anywhere where fine books are sold. Pastor Mike, I love you. I love I Natalie. Love I love the church. And I'm so excited to see what God's going to do in this book and through this book. Hey, B, I, I just feel this super strong. I know we on a podcast. I know we got to get off, but I got to say this. Um, somebody's asking right now, is it worth me going through 
mm-hmm. and digging back up some of the hurts and the pains, is it worth it? And this is the thing that I'm going to tell you. I say it in the book several times, but what's not transformed is transferred. So if you don't actually deal with what you're going through and what you're trying to like press down and you're acting like it doesn't bother you, it will transfer to the people you love the most, those children, those loved ones. And I just think if you can't do it for you, think about all of the people that are around you that you affect. And I think it's worth you going through this journey because I truly believe the value is still in you. Amen. Amen. I'm sorry. I love I just you, Pastor Mike. To, no, please. That's the way to do it. That's the way to end the show. If For those that like the show, uh, you can go ahead and subscribe and leave positive reviews. Otherwise, we'll catch you next week on We're Going There.